1: we should be able to hear the magnetic resonance field. This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The age of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the Event Horizon. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the Event Horizon, where the impossible happens. Join us each week at this time as we journey into science fiction, science fact, and fantasy in all their forms. Uh, I'm your host, Gene Turnbull. With me is my co-host, Susan Fox. Mm. And today our guests are...
0: Scott Baker and Morgan Lariah.
1: And they are two of the masterminds behind the new science fiction thriller, Fifth Passenger. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank
3: you. Hello, thanks for having me. Us. Us.
1: So you just ran a successful Kickstarter for this science fiction adventure.
2: This is true.
0: This is very heartening to the rest of us,
2: (laughs) I gotta (laughs) tell you. Um... Yeah, we did. It was um, uh, 30 days, and people really came forward, and we had some amazing, um, first they started off as fans, I guess you could say, but then they became friends, and and they became like our, our core, and they put the word out for us, and people just from all over the world, it was really quite incredible, a really incredible experience. So ever since then, we've been gearing up to make the movie.
1: I was under the impression that you were already in production. Is that? Am I?
0: There's a there's a very very polished looking trailer out there.
1: Extremely. Yeah.
0: Uh, Which we uh, would play, but there's some boo-boo language in it. So. <laughs> we, we do pride ourselves on being safe for work and kids. So yeah, mm. there's,
3: a, there's a, um, on, on YouTube and on, on our channel there is a clean uh, PG version that doesn't have the the bad word in it. Um, <laughs> But we're actually beginning principal photography on Monday. Oh, how exciting. Yeah, yeah. We shot that trailer about two years ago, um, and that was our sort of proof-of-concept trailer to show people what we intended the film to look like and what it would feel like and uh, show the kind of production value that, that that we could bring to the project because, you know, nowadays everybody everybody and their brother has a script, and they say, oh, I'm going to create this tremendous film, and... You know, give me money and just trust me it's gonna be good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, the, that was us showing people, hey, this is, this is what we can actually do. These are the people that we have involved and, and this is, this is what we intend it to look like. That way people don't have to just take our word for it. They can see, you know, they, you know, they can see what, what it is exactly that, that we're capable of doing.
1: And I think that this made All the difference.
0: So you've proven what you can do, what you set out to do, which includes scaring our pants off from the look of it. Yeah,
2: making that trailer was, I think, one of the most positive and beneficial things we could have done for ourselves. And um, people were telling us and and telling us this and that that we should, and then we finally just decided to do it, and it was it was a really good decision, and it it really helped. it really helped pave the way towards making the feature and so i'm I'm really glad we did that and so if anyone has ever if they have their own script I, I can't recommend it more because you know it gives you credibility and people mm-hmm. will now listen to you and consider what you say instead of just kind of blowing you off so and it was fun to make i mean it was it was a really good way to dip your toe into the movie, I think too like it was almost like a little appetizer of of the bigger picture so I'm really glad we did that.
1: Now you had a, a great benefit in that you were able to hook up with Mark Scott Zakry, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, those sets look very familiar.
3: So yeah, so I've been um, I, I've been uh, around helping out Mark, you know, quite a bit on, on the Space Command project. You know, doing doing what I can, and you know, for him. Um, and when this summer, when, when he shot his film, um, I was around to, to be able to lend, lend some more hand on, on the camera team. And we, we worked out an arrangement that would allow us to come in and, and use some of his sets. Um, and so that's, that's helped us out a lot. Um, really lowered the overhead as far as what, you know, what, what we needed to do to get this film going. Um and so so essentially we 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 took the foundation that that uh his his uh, brother Jim designed the sets mm-hmm. and we kind of you know redressing the sets differently so that they don't look like space command and so that they work for the the story of our film um, cuz you know his his film is you know it's it's people on a on the bridge of a spaceship and ours is um people who are in, in an escape pod of a, of a spaceship. Mm-hmm. So we had to, we had to turn what, what looks like a, a, a sort of Star Trek, um, bridge, um, set into a sort of posh first class passenger kind of escape pod.
1: Without actually breaking anything.
3: Correct. <laughs> Correct. This <laughs> is yeah, like yeah, trying like... to go
0: from, from the Titanic to a lifeboat.
3: <laughs> yeah. 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 Pretty much. Or like the, the um the captain sits and yeah bridge. turning that into mm-hmm. yeah yeah the bridge turning that into the the lifeboat so yeah yeah it's been um it's been a bit of you know puzzle solving kind of things how can we creatively alter the set so that they they work for us and mm-hmm. and without uh, permanently destroying anything so that in you know whatever month's time when mark wants to get back in and shoot some more of space command that that's available and and you know honestly there are some things that that worked out great and as far as like you know working with with the confines of what was there kind of forced us to 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 think creatively and, mm-hmm. and we came up with some things that i i don't think that we would have came up with if we just had a clean slate and said okay build your set based on your concept art so Um, I, I'm really, really happy with how the sets are, are, are looking. It's, um, it's amazing to see something come together when you, you know, you put together concept art of something and then, Mm -hmm. um, you know, people start working on it and you're like, wow, this is, this is looking kind of like how I imagined it would look. Um,
1: (laughs) you know. And and you have a large number of very well-known names working on your cast. Mm -hmm. Who, who have you got on it?
0: Um,
3: Uh,
1: Tim Russ and Manu Interami. I know those two.
0: Yeah,
3: and Robert
1: else?
0: Picardo, who has a picture in his attic, I think, that ages for him. Because he uh-huh. hasn't changed in 20 years, see. Yeah, well, interesting news
3: on that, actually. Due to um, some scheduling conflicts, you hmm. guys are the first to know, I guess there was some last minute changes made and, and uh, Robert Picardo was, was unable to be in our production. Oh, um, That's too bad. Yeah. But we, we were able to hook up with Armin Shimmerman. who You might recognize from core oh, yes. space nine and the principal in Buffy, the vampire slayer and loads of other things. And so he is, he's stepping in and will um, more than fill Robert Picardo's shoes. And we couldn't be happier to have someone of his talent to play that role. And so, um, yeah, just a little bit of last-minute shifting that kind of happens when you're out here working on film and trying to schedule around people's other engagements that they have and things like that. Oh, it's so, just
1: there's so many moving parts in yeah, putting together yeah. a production like this. It's amazing they get done. Yeah,
3: and um and we also have Marina Sirtis, uh-huh. uh, Counselor Troy from Next Generation on board and uh, well, you got fi
0: f- you know four passengers and and more than five people in this cast where does it start
3: oh okay well it it starts with everybody who's on the titanic as it were mm. um before it it breaks down and people have to run out to the escape pods so 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 some of the characters um you you will meet and follow in the escape pod and and some of them are in the the ship as it breaks down and may or may not be meeting their fate so uh so yeah so that's that's why there's more than 5 actors in this movie
1: <laughs> that's neat stuff other right. names
0: we know are are Doug Jones
1: mm-hmm. who can yes. be
0: anything anywhere you have all these you know several people who are known for playing Actors playing characters that are not human, and mm-hmm. they get to be in their own skin for a change. I guess that yeah. Must be. yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Doug is Doug is an awesome character actor who's you know Silver Surfer and Pan's Labyrinth and so many great things. And and yeah, we we get to see him without makeup and without a crazy costume. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays a sort of um, billionaire, inventor, entrepreneur, sort of uh, Elon Musk. Type character. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He's yeah, really, really super excited, you know, to work with someone like him. Um, super, super nice guy. Probably the nicest guy on the planet or the galaxy, even. Um, I believe
0: you. I've met him, and, and yeah, yeah, he's just so adorable. He's every time yeah. he meets fans, he he looks them in the eye and he talks to everybody and usually gives mm-hmm. them a big, big skinny bony hug. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I that's him, all right. That's that's
0: Doug. And uh, uh, Hannah Hatay, I see her mm-hmm. name. Hannah is. Hatay. Hatay, yeah. terrible sorry. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah, she's uh, yeah, we um, we're excited to have her on as well. She's she's darling and 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 wonderful, and um, we you know we've got a great role for her to play. And she's um, isn't
1: she also a Star Trek alumnus?
3: Yes. Yeah, she was. Um, she so was it, little was it? Molly O'Brien. That's the one. Yeah, from um, <laughs> all think, grown
0: think, up now. You got she all was of, in, all the star kids grown up.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, this is actually her first acting role since doing Star Trek. I think Deep Space Nine was, oh was the gosh. last one that she was in, and this is um, this is her her first time back in front of the camera. And so we're
1: yeah. And the, like, the first just, like, one wasn't exactly a speaking role for obvious reasons.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, so I mean, a little.
3: Honored. We're yeah. you know pretty honored to be you know helped to usher her back into um, you know the big screen.
1: I remember hearing about her reaction to uh, to the fans and all of this.
2: Yeah, people have been really excited about seeing her again and astonished and just at how she looks because you you see these kids on TV and in your mind they'll. Always be these little kids, and then you realize they're actually human beings. And
1: well, and she, she, uh, she had also thought that, oh, you know, nobody's gonna know who I am, nobody's gonna Mm -hmm. care. And she shows up, and and the crowd's just going crazy, ape nuts, (laughs) you know, to to get a chance to meet her.
2: Yeah, she's really, she was, she's so kind. Like, I've spoken to her on the phone, and she's, she's really excited about the project and thrilled to be in it. And, um, and we're just beyond thrilled to have her so it will be really exciting working with her
1: so you've been working on this getting this going for a couple of years now i remember seeing you and and uh meeting you at uh, various conventions and talking to you at the table (laughs) and uh you know i thought oh this has potential if they can actually get all of these people on it you know get all the moving parts going in the same direction at the same time and, uh, but so many of these projects fail. Oh, and, uh, I have to say I did not have high hopes.
2: Well, because, because
1: I'm the odds the are against you. <laughs> you know? And wow. I, yeah, I'm uh, embarrassed to admit it now, but it's, it's what I thought then. Well, it's, and, it's, uh, you know,
0: it, we didn't, it's not that we didn't have high, you know, good, good f- wishes for you, but, you know, how many of these do we see go by?
1: Yeah, we sure. we see a lot of them go by and most of them don't make it and you did and I'm so happy that that happened. Yes. I mean it's it just it reaffirms it reaffirms my faith in in uh uh in fandom and and the industry uh and the creative process.
3: Yeah, let's well, say it's it it, it wasn't an, an easy task and and you know we Could you could you speak closer to the oh, microphone sure. please? Um, you know, it uh it uh, wasn't an easy task and i'd be lying if, if i said that, that we didn't have our series moments of doubts about the whole thing you know kickstarter's tough because it is that all or nothing
1: that know? sure sounds familiar
3: yeah yeah and so if you you know if you fall a dollar short you don't get anything and and you know we we um the window of opportunity that we had with the sets here pushed us into you know moving into the kickstarter a lot faster than than, than mm-hmm. we, we would have liked as far as planning and everything and then but then once it was going you know we saw we had a lot of support but you know we did we did a lot of planning ahead of time it wasn't like we just said you know one day oh let's do a kickstarter and we got these actors and we flipped the switch i mean we mm-hmm. you know we we we'd spent several you know since we made the trailer about two years ago we were actively building our fan base on facebook and stuff like that and then the, you know the months leading up to the kickstarter we we really kicked that into high gear and said okay well you know you know we have to really build that that base up and have those people ready to go and you know make personal phone calls to people mm-hmm. who are friends and family and say you know hey you know we're going to launch this kickstarter this are is you it you know, the us? time yeah. is now yeah and you know it's 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 a lot of laying groundwork ahead of time um
1: because and you, and you yeah, were at we it for two years yeah, Bu- yeah building yeah, up this uh building up this uh, um groundswell of support. it was't yeah, yeah. this was not something that happens overnight. No, and uh, you really did your homework and you really pushed it through and it worked. And oh, how it worked. Looking at that trailer was just it was stunning. I mean, this is the kind of thing that you see from major studios uh, on a f- uh, a motion picture that costs a hundred and hundred and forty hundred and sixty million dollars to make. Yeah, that's, that's the quality. That's the quality that you hit. That's the, that's the bar you hit. And you obviously did it for much less than that.
2: (laughs) A wee bit. Um, yeah, thanks so much for saying that. We, we were really, that was our goal. We really wanted to just put it all out there and, you know, basically show what we were made of and, and show people how we can make something exciting and something that you know we'll speak to them and be entertaining and and it, we were all really pleased with the result and um Scott said um, Scott is entirely correct when he said that we were definitely on this timeline um I think he said months but Scott didn't mm-hmm. we only have really a month to prep for the Kickstarter like yeah yeah um
3: a month of like hardcore when we had made the decision yeah you know I, I think I think we had we had kicked around the idea of the kickstarter for a while but yeah but but when we fully committed and said okay this is the day we're gonna we're gonna launch it this is what we're gonna do this is how much we're gonna ask for we had a little over a month i'd say of laying laying that that groundwork and knowing exactly what we were doing and um now so i mean it's it is uh um you know an, an intense thing that that you have to plan for and you know, I feel we didn't, you know, we did, you know, we still didn't have enough time and that, that there are a lot of things we could have done better. Um, cause you know, like even, you know, at, at the end we ended up getting more than we asked for, but there were, there were times where, you know, you're like halfway through the month and you're looking at the chart and it's like, well, on this projected path, we're not going to quite hit our goal or we're going to, you know, we're just going to barely hit it. And, and mm-hmm. you know, it's scary that, that thought that like, okay, we're just going to barely hit it. You know, what if,
0: you
1: what know, if we, something yeah.
3: happens and yeah, yeah, one day everybody gets scared and doesn't want to give us any money or something, you
1: know, or, or and, um, like- a roller
2: coaster of, of somebody would pledge like $400 and then take it away. And then you'd have to, you know, try to contact them and ask them why. And is there, you know, any way you can restore their confidence or what's going on? Um, mm-hmm. so there was a, a lot of peaks and valleys. And I honestly, I mean, it was a month, but I, I don't even really remember that month. We was, <laughs> honestly, like, I don't know where it went. It's, it's like,
1: like it's all a blur. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah <laughs> really and, and you're tweeting in your sleep, and um, <laughs> it, it was. I don't. Have you guys ever done a Kickstarter or, or anything? Oh yeah, we we've didn't we've go done a couple so well.
1: Well, and and uh, part of it is that we, you know, we're we're coming from uh, uh, probably a lower base standard. of We don't have uh the help of all of these marvelous people that you Yet. had to work with, Yet. Yet. Mm. we're working on that part, but yeah, uh, but, yeah well, it, it was I mean I'd, we've I had some think. moderate success some
0: of it was uh timing now you you hit a good time of the year, I see that it funded on November seventh, we went through mm-hmm. the holidays, big oh, mistake, yeah, and um, we kind of hit um donor fatigue in because it was like the same time as hurricane sandy <laughs> which no one could predict of course
1: yeah hurricane sandy hit right about the middle of our campaign and no, just sucked uh, all the okay. air out of the room
0: oh so
1: well yeah another
0: day another time I'll yeah we've
1: this. got we've yeah. got something up our sleeve you know all for right. later so we'll see but um so there are more people involved in a project like this than just the actors. Mm-hmm. Uh you've got uh you have got at least one writer, you've got effects people, you've got uh camera operators, you've got editors, you've got music going on. Uh tell us a little bit about uh the rest of your crew.
3: Um, well yeah, I mean we've got some you know great people that, that I've worked with before on on projects. Um, uh um so like like the special effects makeup was like one thing that that, that I've always been I've always been you know working with um, mm-hmm. and, and uh, Thomas Supernat is a really close friend of mine and he is lending his talents to doing the makeup and creating the alien creature um, and he's you know he's he's a guy who's worked on you know Star Trek and, and mm-hmm. Buffy and and all sorts of shows and, and movies and <clears throat> um, bringing his his friends and his team along for that um, Robert Poe from space hospital is, is doing our sets for us and they are looking awesome um, and one of us is our, our cinematographer she's worked on a, um, on a bunch of indie projects and then she's really a really a talented DP um, and and is coming in to, to help us take Mm-hmm. Those, those little resources that we have and squeeze every ounce of production value out of them to make the film look awesome. Um,
1: and then there's, uh, Tobias Richter, uh, mm-hmm. and his company yeah. Lightworks, and they did yeah. the, uh, they did the, the, the CG, the exterior shots. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 He's a super talented guy and he's got a great eye for, for this kind of stuff. And, and this, this um,
1: stuff is, it's, looks it's, just brilliant. Just oh, yeah, brilliant.
3: Yeah. Is, yeah. and that, And that's the stuff that, you know, we spent probably close to half of our budget for the trailer went went into the visual effects. Mm-hmm. Um, just just because that's you know the one thing as they say separates the men from the boys. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah Well, yeah. you
0: see every nickel of it on the screen. I gotta say. Yeah, yeah.
3: Thanks. Well, with the, with the you know science fiction, especially you know you want it to be believable and you want you know that kind of stuff where you've got the actor on the outside of the craft and so it's mm-hmm. the actor in front of green screen and then you got the CG craft and you know you've got all those elements and. And if you don't have somebody who knows what they're doing, putting all that stuff together, man, it, it can look hokey. And that—that um, that was the one thing that you know. You know, I said to myself, like, like this is this has got to look good if it's going to be convincing to people. You know, if if they're if they're going to sign sign on and say, okay, these people know what they're doing because because that looks good. You know, so um, it, you know, it's it's um, with 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 our kind of project, any kind of indie. Thing. You know, you have to you have to know. Okay, well, where can we, you know, where is the best place to put put the resources to, you know, to maximize things. The things look good and, and and everything like that. And that's just one thing that, to a certain degree, you know, you can't skimp on. And you got to give time and, and and money or whatever it takes to get mm-hmm. those things, you know, to look good.
1: You and uh, you, Scott, and you, Morgan, both co-wrote this uh, this screenplay. Uh, how? Uh, and you're
2: still speaking. <laughs> <laughs> it's a miracle.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, there's actually a, a third writer as well. His name is David Henry Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Scott. It was Scott's idea. Uh, the the premise of the movie was something that had been germinating inside Scott for a while, and um, he could probably that's that scary. That this, this sounds
1: like a chest burster. Uh, I'm sorry.
2: Basically, basically, uh, Scott's been carrying a chest burster for about what would you say, twenty years? Scott,
3: maybe. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 a, I'm a tad older than that, but yeah.
2: No, I meant like when you got the idea for it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I
1: sent you an email about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's my okay.
3: AD is bugging me for stuff. We're on yeah. set right now. Yeah, that's to, fine. Oh my word. Trying trying to trying to make things happen this is so cool it's they're actually on
1: the set so So, Um, uh you worked together on this script uh for how long was it how long did it take you to get something that you were happy with
3: um well we're still not happy with it
0: (laughs) uh, something that you uh, could actually
3: film i think i think i think think the last draft was was um last week um so and you started how
0: long ago well,
3: um it was at least a year before mm-hmm. we shot the trailer, so yeah. you know. Um going that going fans. on like like 3 or 4 years from when we mm-hmm. first, you know, started putting uh finger to keyboard um on on this on this story. So
1: putting putting to death the uh, the misconception that magical things happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Magical mm-hmm. things happen when people work very very hard to make them mm-hmm. happen. Um
0: it 20 years to overnight success you know yes yeah, yeah.
1: uh uh-huh. um, so how how many compromises have you had to make is it uh, uh working with a working with a set that you didn't completely design yourselves uh has been an influence on mm-hmm. how you shoot and and what ha- has it affected the storyline itself or
3: um not not so much the storyline um mm-hmm. Minor little things, you know. Um, the, you know, you've got characters in a small confined place, and you know when you write the script out, you're like, okay, well then this person can walk over here and do this, and then do that, and you're like, okay, well now in the space we have, they can't really walk over and do that. So what can we have them do instead that is the same thing that you know means the same thing and lets the the action continue how we wanted. And so you know, as far as the sets, it's it's minor minor things as as far as you know the story goes but Uh you know kind of as as you go through everything you you know like like Morgan said you know we had another writer that came on and 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 he he helped us take this script that we had and pretty much start from scratch on it and you know break it down to its core elements and
1: turn it it into something you could actually shoot yeah yeah yeah. I mean it's um, there's there's so many practical concerns you know you're writing along and it feels right and it sounds right and the plot flows and then you get to the stage you say to yourselves we can't shoot this
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh <laughs> because of logistical things you know
2: well yeah the script we had though i mean we could theoretically have shot it but i just don't think it was as dynamic as it we wanted it to be and mm-hmm. and scott and i um are still pretty new to writing feature films and so you know we we read a lot and learned a lot but we just really felt like it we could never really bring it to the place we wanted it to be and David was amazing in that he came with a whole slew of ideas and it was kind of funny because um, he had a lot of answers to questions that I, I had but I didn't quite know how to answer and he just intuitively knew the solution for it so it was a really good match in a lot of ways.
1: That's that's brilliant. that sounds
2: like quite a script doctor. Mm-hmm. He really, really is, and um, it was fantastic. Uh, we mapped out a whole story. He had this like ginormous whiteboard. Um, it was it was really fun, and then um, he gave us the script, and Scott and I took it and we edited out a lot of stuff and rearranged some things and um, changed some character arcs to. You know, just flushed it out a little more and, um, really turned it into something we were really excited about. And as Scott mentioned, I mean, I, I still read it and I'm like, oh, this this needs to change and, oh, this could be much better. And that's not quite right, but, um, it's a little, it's a little late for that now. And, uh, it's just one of those, I don't know. I feel like it's, art is like that though. Art, you know, you, you evolve and then, um, you see it in a different way and, and you expect more from it or, or, um it always there was always something about it that bugged you and you didn't know how to fix it but now you can and I don't know but it, it's part of yeah, the Yeah but if you wait until
0: it's perfect you'll never shoot it.
2: Precisely. <laughs> precisely. So the, don't let so. the
0: perfect be the enemy of the good.
1: <laughs> yeah. So but you, you've got your you've got your window all set up for you. You've got to go. It's go time.
2: Precisely. So how long are you uh, planning to shoot? Nineteen days.
1: Okay, um, nineteen very long days. I assume.
2: Yeah, Standard. probably. <laughs> um, yeah, we're we're shooting until um, about midish February, and as Scott mentioned, we're starting on Monday, and oh, there's sorry. construction.
3: <laughs> there goes Robert on the sets.
1: That's fine. <laughs> it just adds color.
3: Yeah, yeah. He's
1: ambience.
0: sets and a half apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> didn't know that yeah. was part of the script, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So um uh you're And then post
0: production, when when are you hoping to have this viewable? When can we see it?
1: And, and where? I, yes. Yeah, well
0: we're looking
3: um our 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 target date is September for, for completion of, of everything and you know that that's a, that's um you know, a hopeful date. Um, you never know how things are going to go, but um, that's that sounds like a, a doable uh, hopeful date for us in September.
1: Do you have um, a theatrical distributor?
0: Uh, yeah. How long is this picture? Is it? A f- I, d- I never even figured out if it was a short or a full it's length a film. Oh, it,
3: it, it is definitely a full length feature film. Okay. Um, the script is like a hundred <coughs> pages, so that translates into about a hundred minutes yep. or so.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, uh, our first. Um, our first stop with the film is to take it to the fans. We're going to do, um, comic-con and wonder con and, um, the, the, star Trek conventions and, and things like that. Um, that, that's our first stop with, with the mm-hmm. film is, is to take it directly to the fans who helped us on Kickstarter and help support us and make it, make it available at those places that they're already going to be going to so that they can watch it there. Um, and then from, from there, um we'll see what happens i mean we we haven't locked in any theatrical distribution that's a, that's an option for us um but at this stage we're we're concentrating on making the best film that we can make mm-hmm. and once that that task is complete then we will have a lot of options as far as as distribution goes and um we'll we'll be able to you know take advantage of those but for sure the the film will at some point be available on um, you know, video on demand and D V D and Blu ray and all those kind of um mm-hmm. platforms that, that everybody can watch at their home.
1: Hulu and um, Amazon and Netflix are all potential.
3: Yeah, all those all those avenues are, are, are open up to us. Um but but between the, the fest like like the, the film festivals and the and the conventions and the um, the, the cons and all, and all that kind of stuff between that and the, and the home theater. Not exactly sure what that's going to look like. We're mm-hmm. hoping for, for a theatrical thing, but you just never know what's, what's going to work out until, until the film is done and people, people view it. So.
1: What are you using to shoot on? What resolution camera
3: do you have? Uh, we're using, um, the Red Epic. So it'll be shot in 4K. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
3: and, uh, one of the things that we're doing is we're using these, um, Russian anamorphic lenses. They're called LOMOs. And there's these like vintage, um, lenses from like the 70s and the 80s. And, um, so it's going to be that, that, that really widescreen, uh, look to everything. And, uh, these lenses are really beautiful and they just have this sort of character about them that, um, it's, it's not sterile like, like a mm-hmm. lot of the newer, uh, lenses are. So this you know, the film will have a real sort of distinct look and, and, and character to it.
1: That's the direction I was actually going with the line of questioning: is uh, how how are you getting around the the stark electronic look of so much mm-hmm. of today's cinema?
2: Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and the, the,
1: and that's switches. how
3: you're. Yeah, old lenses.
1: Shooting it's with real glass. Yeah.
2: He beat you to the punch, Gene. Yeah, he yeah.
1: did. He did. He <laughs> <knew> exactly <laughs> where I was going with it. Ah. so yes, yeah,
2: it's, it's pretty. We're pretty jazzed about these lenses. I have to say, like they're hot. They're they're very attractive lenses and.
1: Well, um, and you look through the camera and you go, oh, so yeah, that's basically. what it's going to look like. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's so different. You know, you get, you look over, over your cameraman's shoulders it does not give you the same, the same outlook on what you're doing at all.
3: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think for us too, you know, uh, obviously we're doing, you know, so much to change the look of the, of the sets that Space Command was shot on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know Kyle Wright, who who shot that film, did, did an amazing job. Um, uh, and you know Space Command's gonna look awesome, but mm-hmm. you know you know we want to make sure that, that our film doesn't look like that either.
1: Um, oh, and so much we, of it can be just changed by the way you light it.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure,
1: definitely. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I, I I saw I, I saw some very masterful lighting in the, yeah. in the in the trailer for it.
3: Yeah, yeah, and and and, and we're really. We're really um you know take taking a different approach there because our film is so different you know mark mark has this great vision for space command is this um you know you know throw to the retro um up and away and beyond to the stars kind of mm-hmm. science fiction um and and ours is is more um you know it's it's a thriller so 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 there is a darkness to it there there's a seriousness and a you know, a bit of a terror that, that, that mm-hmm. we're trying to introduce into, into the film, the psychological terror of, you know, people trapped into a small little space with each other and, and, and who can I trust and what's going to happen in mm-hmm. cabin fever and, and e- claustrophobia and all those kind of things, you know, you those know, are all elements that, submarine that we're playing movie. with.
1: You know, it's, it's like a submarine movie.
2: Sure, sure, sure.
1: You know, pour a bunch of people in a can and close the lid.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
1: tuna fish can Yeah. <laughs> um I'm drawing a blank. That's
0: okay.
1: Yeah, uh,
3: music. I can tell you about the music. Music oh, oh, yes. Music. Let's, we hear love about, music. let's hear about <laughs> music. let's hear
0: about the music. We know for people it. with a radio station, so we're into oh, music. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> well, um uh our our uh composer is uh Ramin Kusha and mm-hmm. uh he's he's the young gentleman who was behind um Sharknado and while well, that's a sort of a uh a laughable movie, um, as far as like you know, films go. the The soundtrack on it is actually is actually pretty
1: amazing. There was nothing um, wrong with the soundtrack.
3: Yeah, no, it was a great, great, great soundtrack. I haven't and, I
1: haven't seen the film. Just, oh, it's, it's it's it's
3: it's 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 pretty funny. If if you like the kind of movie that that you know on the face of it is is just is what it is, you know.
1: Well, yeah, well, you, you you go into you it, and you you have to plant your tongue so firmly in your cheek cheek that yeah, it uh, comes uh, out the other side
0: well honey so. you're not going in there expecting no. citizen Kane.
1: that's sure, true sure, yeah. citizen shark and um, citizen shark. the shark was named rosebud <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> citizen sorry shark,
3: um no it's really um uh you know you know i sat down and, and 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 had a really good conversation with him the first time we met and it was like we just kind of instantly clicked in. and, and he, he knew, he knew what I was thinking even before I said it as far as musically and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a very visual person and so it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's very hard for me to, in, in the abstract, see a scene and, and think, okay, this is, this is the, the instrument that I want to hear or this is the kind of music or sound that I want to hear. But, but I feel like I have good taste and I feel like if, if I hear something, I can say, hey, that's good or hey, that's bad. Um, as, you know, as far as music goes and, uh, you know, I, I, I forwarded the script to him and, and, and we had a conversation about what the film meant and, and everything like that and, and the and the visual themes that we were going with <clears throat> and and he played me a couple samples of stuff that, that he had been thinking about for it and, and they were just they were just perfect. Less the sort of orchestra kind of music, you know, not not mm-hmm. like a John Williams kind of thing more more of like uh soundscape kind of textures and, and mm-hmm. ambient noises and and things like that and 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 i think that to me is you know so much more powerful in in, in a in a in a film like this where you're where you're trying to keep people on the edge and in a in a more subtle way instead of you know telling people how they're supposed to feel with like a big you know bum 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 you know mm-hmm. it's like you're like forcing people to feel a certain way where his um, approach to it is is more subtle, where you almost don't even hear that there's music or sound effects going because they're so subtle, you're, you're, you're not even really aware of what's going on and as far as that goes, and that, that's something that's you know really, really exciting for me and I think plays into what what this story is and, and how this this movie is going to look and feel and sound.
0: A lot of the greatest suspense films in the world had relied on their soundtrack for that, and they were never ordinary. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. I'm thinking of the, you know, the Psycho and the re re re. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh-huh. And the Jaws, the shark. Uh-huh. Those two uh-huh. notes back and forth yeah. set everybody's teeth on edge. You heard this, uh-huh. yeah, and you knew that something bad was going to happen. Uh-huh. Also, the with a space thriller, you kind of have an advantage because the actual sounds from that you can derive from the electromagnetic fields in outer space are very haunting and very eerie to start with. We've just heard some of the sounds from the deep space probes uh, around the moons of Jupiter, uh, around the moons of Saturn, I'm sorry, and uh, they are creepy as hell. You know, it sounds like something intelligent is making those noises, and you know it's not. But, wow. I mean, it just sits, it just makes your hair stand on like How nice. do you know? Exactly. Uh-huh. Saturn <laughs> is
0: watching you.
1: Yeah, You may have all these moons the drone except Titan. The
3: engines and all sorts okay. of the weird noises you can play with.
1: Hmm. It's just exciting stuff. I can hardly wait to see how this all comes out. I mean, it's, it's
2: that makes four of
1: us. <laughs> it's going so well.
2: Ah, and just
1: sense. the hard stuff is getting it going. Then you have the ultimate challenge of taking it all and making it into a a, a, a finished work of art, and that's what you're doing. It's this has so much potential, and, and
0: we're counting on you to keep us posted. Oh, of well, we most certainly will. And you'll come around and talk to us again when, uh, when it's of available course. to see, and when it's a big hit, you'll remember that we we liked you first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah,
3: we'll of so course, we, are we, are we will remember all that faith you had in us when we were doing our Kickstarter. Game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you us, uh,
2: so, yeah. Well, backtracking you know, a little bit, you said you were. Did we meet you at WonderCon, like the first time we were at WonderCon, or when did we? Oh my I god! You it.
1: know, I think it might have been. Um, I think it might have been WonderCon. Um, two years ago. two years ago. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah it well, thank was you for uh, humoring us for so long. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I was in a. I, I had the misfortune. I got to WonderCon. I was in a big hurry, and oh, I God, turned that was around. The one where
0: you tripped. Isn't no,
1: that's the one where somebody parked their SUV on my foot. <gasps>
2: oh, that's it. oh wow.
1: And I went in and did the convention anyway. Afterwards.
2: Oh, that's hardcore. That's like serious, serious <laughs> hardcore convention lover. That's amazing. Well, you know, I- Well,
0: it's called, he was really, you know, trying to get the interviews and-
1: And oh, get those yeah, connections yeah. and, and get the, uh, get the lay of the land. You You're know, a power schmoozer. Krypton Radio was, uh, <laughs> Krypton Radio had not, you know, we were, we were just getting things started at that point. I mean, we'd been running it for, a couple of years as a hobby, but at that point we were just getting it started as a business. And uh, so I was there to see what connections could be made. And uh, you were one of the ones I made, and that's yeah. part of the reason you're on the air.
0: And we're very proud of you.
1: We, we really are. It's just such a stunning victory. <laughs> and uh, we, we're really looking forward to seeing just how big this goes. You know, the question is no longer if. It's yes, when? It's gonna be mm. when and how high. Yes. Scott Baker and Morgan Loriah, thank you so much for joining us on tonight's episode of the Event Horizon here on Krypton Radio. The show that we have been talking about is The Fifth Passenger, which is a science fiction feature length thriller that uh, recently ran a successful Kickstarter campaign and they're making every penny look like 50 bucks. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Go look at the Kickstarter campaign trailer. Uh, the website is, Scott?
0: FifthPassenger.com. They're with a digit 5, right?
1: With uh, a
3: numeral or, 5. Or, or, or you can spell it out and you'll get there too, but the, the preferred way is with the 5.
2: The 5 is cooler. It's <laughs> yeah. just cooler. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It is cooler.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. Thank it's you been so a much for having
2: us. Yeah, it's such a pleasure.
1: You have just heard episode 87 of Krypton Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon for January 24th, 2015. Our guests have been Scott Baker and Morgan Laraya, producer, writers, and actor in the new science fiction-independent feature-length motion picture, The Fifth Passenger. To find out more about this project, please visit fifthpassenger.com. Your hosts have been Krypton Radio's station manager, Gene Turnbow, and our executive producer, Susan Fox. Our production manager is Kat Carter. Carter. This episode will air again on January twenty fifth, 2015 at 4 p.m. Pacific, and at various additional times throughout the coming week. See the Krypton Radio website at kryptonradio.com for showtimes in your area. Once all the airtimes have passed, you will find this episode and others as downloads at the Krypton Radio website and on iTunes and Stitcher as podcasts. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Turnbow. The science officer was played by Mark Schurmeister. The engineer was played by Christian B. McGuire. The navigator was Christine Cherry, and the captain was voiced by legendary science fiction writer Larry Niven. This program and its contents, except where provided by others, are copyright 2015 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated. The Event Horizon. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi.